right. What's up, everybody? It's Michael Tucker, your, your host of the Real Estate Success Strategies podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a very, very special guest. Chris Root is in the building. Chris is uh, America's number one wholesaling um, expert coach. But one thing I love about Chris is you're going to find out Chris does everything. He's just he's not a one trick pony. But Chris, man, he has experience in wholesaling, fix and flipping, doing hotel deals. He um, actually today we're going to be talking about one of the best asset classes you could be, um, you know, doubling down on right now, which is mobile home park investing. And we're going to be talking about that with Chris. So, Chris, welcome to the show, brother. How's it going? Good, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about talking about mobile home parks. Anytime, man. Well, Chris, dude, I've been following you for probably shoot. It's been a couple. It's been a couple of years now. I think the first time I actually uh, heard about you was through Grant Cardone a while back, and I was like, "Who is this Chris Rude guy?" I can't remember if you were sponsoring an event he was doing or something like that. But I was like, "I got to figure out." So I've been following Chris for a while, and whenever you guys you're hearing his words and everything that he's about to say, this dude lives um, real estate breathe real estate, everything. This guy is the real deal. So make sure that, you know, when you're listening, know that I, I hundred percent believe in what this guy's doing because I've been following him for, uh, you know, a while and I've seen his progress. And, um, actually, if you don't know, Chris, he owns, I'd say it's well over. I, I seen your website. It's like 22 million in your portfolio right now, but I'm sure it's well over that now you, you're buying stuff left and right. But, uh, yeah, Chris, give us a little rundown about who you are and how you found real estate, um, in general. Yeah, well, I'm from uh, South Louisiana, born and raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm 40 years old. Been been an entrepreneur my whole life, right? Uh, always had a knack for selling shit. I was selling baseball cards out of the back of my book sack in fourth and fifth grade, trying to make a hustle. And um, very, very hard headed as a kid. Uh, not the greatest student. Uh, well, it's just, I was bad. Let's put it that way. Um, labeled ADD, ADHD, dyslexic, all the, 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 the labels they give kids these days when, when they can't sit still. And, you know, I kind of uh, struggled my way through school. And when I got out of high school, went to college, um, wanted to start my own business and, and started a business out of the back of my truck my sophomore year in college, changing oil, washing cars and fixing rock chips and, and uh, grew that thing into a monster business. By the time I graduated college, I was... Uh, Shit, I was making a hundred grand a year out of the back of my truck and decided I would, <laughs> you know, get, get physical locations because I was doing on site. Right. And I knew I couldn't scale that model, but I didn't have the capital to buy any locations. So at that time, this is like 05, 06, the real estate market was on fire, kind of like it is right now, right before the 08 crash. I don't know how old you are to remember the, the 08 crash if, if you were, you know, paying attention back then, but. We had a massive real estate disruption in 08, but up until then, 05, 06, 07 was just crazy times for real estate. I was 25 years old. I had enough cognitive awareness to know at the time that people were selling their houses for a multiple that was crazy. Like you buy a house and resell it within six to eight months and make 50 grand. It was crazy. So I had built a spec house, I think like three, four years prior to that. And I realized how much our house had appreciated. And I told my wife, I said, baby, let's, let's, let's flip our house. This is right around the time all these HGTV shows are showing flip my house. And so I was like, let's do it. She's like, okay, let's do it. And um, put, painted a few rooms, landscaped the front, put it on MLS and sold it within 30 days. I made $125,000. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure that's, that was a big chunk of change at that time, wasn't it for you? Absolutely. It was huge, right? I mean, I was 25. This is 05, 06, right? Um, 
And it was, it was a big chunk of change. And I took that capital and I reinvested it into my, my oil change business. I bought a physical location in one of the best areas in my town here in South Louisiana, Lafayette, from a motivated seller who wasn't paying his property taxes or uh, taxes in general. And then I picked it up for a pretty good deal and um, literally doubled my income. Well, after that, I was like, man, there's something to this real estate game, right? I just made 125000 You know how many oil changes and car washes I got to do to make hundred grand? I made that. In- <laughs> Shit, there's something. Well, I had bought a, I bought a piece of land on the bayou. If you don't know the bayou, it's not a river. It's not a canal. It's like a muddy channel right. of water out of Louisiana. And um, I bought a property. We we're going to build a house. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Let's go ahead and flip that too. So I bought that property, sat on it for three months, resold that, made 40 grand, put that into my business too. And then we bought a, a foreclosure in another area, lived there for about a year and a half, fixed that up. Flipped that, made sixty-two thousand. So I was taking real estate and I was flipping it and I was rolling it into my business, right? And I had and I scaled up to like four locations, thirty-three employees, uh, quick lube mechanic shop, auto glass, uh, window tint, uh, car wash, and I. So I got so busy with that. I from doing the real estate, I I rolled all that profit in there. But I, I got so busy with the shops that I forgot about real estate, right? So I focused on that for about four or five years and. Come 2010, I was like, I need to get back into real estate. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, probably 2009, 2010. I was like, man, I got to get back into real estate. And um, took the profits I was making from all my shops. You know, I was doing really good. I was here. I was probably 26, 27, 28, making really good money. And I, I ended up buying like 32, 33 single family homes. I'm making tons of offers. And uh Got marginal deals, didn't really know what I was doing. Well, scaled up to 33 houses. Then 2014 came and I got hammered because here in the South, we're heavily dependent on oil and gas and the oil business just, uh, oil went from $128 a barrel to $28 a barrel. Mm. So I rushed. I lost half my rentals, my tenants, my, my shops, my quick lube shops were, were losing revenue every quarter. And um, I was panicking and I was like, I'm in a, I'm in a, having to go bankrupt, file bankruptcy. Right around the same time, by the grace of God, I was, um, I was looking into wholesaling. Like, like what is wholesaling? I, I, I was messing around on you. All this. I, I saw this, this black guy talking about wholesaling. So I was like, what's wholesale? Let me check this out. How the hell are you wholesale real estate? Watch a couple of videos like that makes a lot of sense. Let me try it. I did it on a couple of my properties, ended up making, you know, 2,500, five grand, 15 grand here. And I was like, shit, I could do this. So I ended up hiring like three mentors back to back to back. And um, after my mentorship, like I started freaking crushing wholesaling, like crushing it. I was making 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 grand a month wholesaling while still running my shops. And literally wholesaling saved me from going bankrupt because it's, in the middle of this uh, devastation, this economic fallout here in, in South Louisiana, there was a lot of motivated sellers. So it was the perfect environment to wholesale because people were selling their properties for cheap. So literally I was wholesaling 10, 15 properties and I was able to cover all my losses mm-hmm. with my, sh- my shops were pretty much starting to break even, barely make any money if that. Um, so I said, you know what? I told my manager, look, I'm not even looking at these shops anymore. I threw them the keys and said, hey, look, don't call me unless somebody dies. I focus 100% on real estate. And then I started selling off all my shops. And then I started selling off all my rentals that I had bought at, at a 
razor thin margin because I was, you know, that I, I thought it was cool because I was buying at 80, 85 cents in the dollar. And in a strong market, you seem cool, but when the market pulls back, if you buy it at 80, 85 cents in the dollar, that that equity you capture evaporates quick. Right. right. Yeah, definitely. So what, what, what wholesaling taught me was that, man, you can buy properties for way cheaper than 80 cents on the dollar. And that's what kind of saved me. I started selling off all those single family homes, selling off all my shops. And I started, you know, winging myself off of the shop and, and the single family homes. And so I finally got rid of most of the single family homes. I still have a couple single family homes left in that package that I'm about to sell off. And then I still have one shop that's shit. That one, that, that's, that shop I had is still losing money because I can't sell it. I think I'm 800 grand in, in the negative of my P&L in that shop. Dang, man. But I was able to transition 100% into real estate. And from there, I was just freaking crushing it, right? And my, the, the coaches that I had hired asked me to go work in their sales department. And I started, you know, selling coaching for them. And I was posting checks here, you know, making 80s, you know, 40 grand, 50 grand. And all the students come inbox, hey, man, can you help me? I'm like, dude, I, I'm just a sales guy. Why are, you, why are you inboxing me? Call you coach, right? And they, that, that happened enough that I was like, shit, I'm just going to start my own coaching company, right? And I started teaching people how to wholesale and flip real estate. And then from there, Years passed by. I grew my uh, my wholesaling business into multiple markets. Now we're in we're in about six markets in in three states, um, and we're just crushing it. I've, I've transitioned from you know single family homes into mobile home parks. I bought my first mobile home park probably three and a half four years ago, and realized the cash flow on it was unbelievable compared to anything else I had done. Single family homes, apartments, short term vacation rentals. Um, and I just, I realized that this is the asset class I want to be in. And I, I figured out that Warren Buffett is heavily invested in, in mobile home parks. And if this guy is, you know, putting a lot of attention on mobile home parks, I must be doing something right because, you know, he's got a huge portfolio. He owns the biggest, the biggest manufacturer, two biggest manufacturers in the whole country, Clayton Mobile Homes. And I forget the name of that other company. And he owns 21st Century, the mobile home park financer that finances all the retail buyers. And plus, he's one of the biggest holders of mobile home parks in the whole country. So double down on mobile home parks now. We've got about 350 units, eight parks, and looking to uh, scale that and, and and scale my real estate business. Kind of transitioned into uh, you know building out affordable housing developments and doing land development for residential. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just pushing real hard. This is the this is the the best I've seen since 2007 and six as far as the real estate market. So there's my friend. Well, that's, that's cool to see how you pivoted in the time, you know, when your business is, everything seemed to be going south, you know, you found a way. Um, but, you know, my question was how, like, I see, man, you're crushing it with the mobile home parks. And this may be a deep question, but, you know, how did you get to the point to where you could automate your wholesaling business? Because I'm sure you're not hands-on with that right now. Uh, and I'm sure you have a good team. Is that just hiring the right people? What's that look like for you? Man, look, business is easy. Money is easy. People is hard right? That's the hard part, right? And if you can figure out people and you're good with people and you're a good communicator and you're a good leader, and that's all a leader is, is a really a good communicator, then you, you, can, you can figure out the business aspect of it and the money aspect. I mean, we've, we've, we've built out a pretty big operation here, a pretty big team. And I have a lot of people that have been with me for a long time. Her, hell, my, my CFO has been with me for 15 years. She actually, she's a girl and she's been with me, Jan. She's, She's ran, she ran, used to run all my quick lubes and she kind of transitioned with me from the quick lubes and mechanic shops to the real estate with me. And she's been phenomenal. We've got three girls in the office that have been there five plus years. Um, 
that run the office. And then we have, we have boots on the ground partners in the markets that we wholesale and flip in that are basically that I've met through my coaching program that I've either, you know, mentored or, and then they, they wanted to scale and they, they wanted to partner up with me in those markets. And I've taken my best students and I've partnered up with them. So I've taken the highest quality people I can out of my coaching nice. program and partnered with them. And that's really been my model. The coaching has really helped me scale my actual real estate business in the different markets across the country because I was able to network with a lot of awesome like-minded people that have the same uh, mindset as me, the same goals and aspirations and just good quality people. And, and that's what it's about. I mean, if you got good people, man, you, you can scale just about anything. Love it, dude. Love it. No, that's so true. And I love how you said leaders are communicators. So that's so true. But my question was, did you, so you said you, you jumped into, did you do multifamily at any time after wholesaling? And do you hold multifamily right now? And I want, uh, let's compare the two between mobile home parks in multifamily. Cause if you follow Chris at all, you know, right now he is on the mobile home train. Like that's what you just heard him. He's doubling down on that. So what, what's your thoughts on multifamily versus uh, mobile home park investing? Well, look, I'm not going to sit here and beat up uh, multifamily apartments. Cause I still own some apartments. Right. Um, I, I still will buy apartments, but I know for me with my experience that I've had with both, the returns are just astronomically better in mobile home parks. And I can take on, let's, let's just go over a step-by-step why, right? For one, I don't have to take on as much debt, right? You know, I can buy a mobile home park. Let, let's say case in point, I bought, I bought a mobile home park from a, a distressed seller two years ago, 24 units for 210,000, 24 units for 210,000. You cannot buy 24 <laughs> units for 10,000, no matter how distressed it is. It, to be, it would have to be, burnt down to the ground and you just be buying the land. Right. Right. So for one, the amount of debt that you have to take on to get the amount of cash flow is substantial in mobile home park investing than apartments. That's the first. Secondly, repairs. Repairs are significantly less compared to apartments as far as what it costs to fix. Right. I can, you know, if something, if I have a busted pipe on a, on a mobile home, I just slide the skirting over my guy goes in there, changes a, a 25 or a $5 part and it's done. Right. We, if we have a, you know, if you have a busted pipe in a, an apartment complex, if it's in the concrete, you saw it could be five, 10, 15 grand. Right. Right. The, everything about it to fix it is just cheaper. Uh, I could throw a metal roof on there for 1500 bucks and I'm done forever. Um, just so that's the second aspect. It's just super affordable to fix. Um, three, they stay longer. You know, statistically speaking, the average turnaround in an apartment is 14 months. The average tenant in an apartment complex stays for 14 months. The average tenant in a single family home stays for two to two and a half years. The average tenant in a mobile home stays for five years. Mm, Not much. Wow. That's a big difference. <laughs> that is triple the amount for apartments, right? Or four times actually. Um, so they're, they're, those are some of the, the the reasons why I like mobile homes, and and second, you know, and fourthly, right, is that it's affordable, right? I mean, should an average apartment in a decent area these days is like twelve to fifteen hundred bucks, you know, or more in in a, in a city, you can get a mobile home in, out in the outskirts of city for you know, and and really nice for eight hundred to a thousand, and it could almost be brand new. Right. right. With more, more living space, more square feet, 
You don't have somebody on top of you, somebody underneath you, somebody to the left or somebody to the right, like an apartment of your own yard. Um, so that, that's another benefit. And then as far as that, there was something else I wanted to say. That was a fifth point that I, that was, I was going to follow up with. It will come back to me. But just overall, that, that's what, and that's what I, oh, that was it. So in the fifth point, right? Inventory, right? Inventory. So let's just say, so if I have a 40-unit mobile home park, right? If, if some of it's tenant-owned trailers and they move some of their trailers out, and I want to put one of my own trailers in there. I can literally buy units for pennies on the dollar. If you follow me, I literally buy proper, like trailers that are maybe eight, nine, 10 years old for peanuts. I'm talking 2,500 to five grand. I just bought a, a 2009 trailer, two bedroom, two bath. Doesn't need any work. I mean, they use it as a, you know, just a little camp that they put on a piece of property on a pond. I bought it for five grand. It costs me twenty five hundred to move it, another twenty five hundred to set up. I'm all in at ten thousand. I'll get seven fifty eight hundred bucks for that. Yeah, you can't get a better rate <laughs> right of return on that, man. No, you, it just it doesn't exist. I mean, there's nothing. That's a one year payback. That's insane, right? I, and I buy these trailers like this all the time. I bought trailers. I bought another two thousand nine the month before that for twenty two hundred and fifty bucks. That needed maybe, I think you know thirty five hundred to four grand worth of work. So the inventory that I can use to put into these parks across the nation is plentiful because a lot of people buy these trailers. They live in them for five, 10 years and they upgrade to a single family home or they want a newer, nicer trailer or they just move somewhere else. And it's hard for them to sell it because banks don't like to lend on used trailers. So it makes a, a niche for me because I, I'm an investor. I can go down and offer cash and literally they'll sell it to me for pennies on a dollar. I, I bought one last week, a, a 2017 Clayton three, um, a three bedroom, two baths, 16 by 80. I think they paid fifty seven nine for it two and a half years ago. I bought it for twenty six thousand. Mm. I'll I'll get a thousand to eleven hundred bucks for that trailer. I'm just moved it into one of my parks here in Denham Springs or here over in Denham Springs, Louisiana, right outside of Baton Rouge. I'll be all in on that park prop or in that trailer. Twenty six. I paid three thousand to move it. Another three thousand set up. I'll be into it for thirty one thousand. I'll get a thousand to eleven hundred bucks, and it's good. Yeah, that's crazy. Trailers, man, they don't last long. Bullshit. I have, I have older, I have older trailers that are from the eighties. They, they sit on the frame. You just gut them and redo them just like you would an apartment. It's no different than we'd gut an apartment. They sit on a frame. You, you change the subfloor, the floors, the, the, uh, sheetrock. And, and it's a brand new trailer. Literally you, it, it's a good for another 25, 30 years. The metal's not going to go bad. <laughs> right. No, no. I love it, man. So, I mean, everybody, you're probably like, dang, I need to get in a mobile home park investing. Just stay till the end. We actually have a way that you can actually take your education on mobile home park investing a little bit further with Chris. So I just want to throw that out there because you know there's several people that are like, man, this is awesome. But so we know that these are good investments, but how do you find, you know, how do you find a mobile home park, um, you know, landlord that wants to sell their park? Like, I know you're going to go deeper into some trainings you're doing um, off this podcast, but you know, what's like the basics? How do you find these? Because it's a little different than calling up, you know, just random homeowner, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's not too much different, right? I mean, it all boils down to what the name of the game is, is motivated seller, right? That's all I'm looking for. And if you're in the, you know, buying single family homes or you're wholesaling already and, and you, you go direct to seller and you know how to, you know, find heavily discounted off market properties for motivated sellers on the single family home side, you just transition that 
to mobile homes, right? So how do I find them, right? I mean, I find them through off-market listings for through realtors, pocket listings. I network with all the realtors, say, hey, look, I, I buy mobile home parks. And, and mobile home park investing is not very well, it's not as hot as say apartments. And owning the trailers is kind of cliche in a sense that, oh, you don't want to own the trailers too much maintenance. I'm glad people think that because I'll, that gives me an opportunity to buy more. You know, it gets people not looking at it, and and I want to be in a niche, right? The the riches in the niches, and and me owning the trailers for me, that's that's a niche because you know all the bigger money, you know, hedge fund money, and and bigger players that are trying to buy tra- uh, tenant owned uh, parks where they, they just do lot rent, they rent the dirt because they don't want any headache. But for me, I have a team, you know, we have an office, and we 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 have a good system where we fix everything, and 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 it it's, it works for us, right? And, and we double our profits versus just renting out the dirt and that's a good model too if you want you want to be less hands-on so do you, you know have what? do you manage yourself does your team manage all these yourself or do you have a, a management team that does that every park we own in louisiana we have seven parks in louisiana we we have the main office in in, in lafayette manages all the park in, in rouge lafayette which is about an hour hour and a half away and uh we have in-house management the park uh, owned in florida we do have a property manager out there and uh it, it works. I mean, it, but if, if you, um, just a word of advice, if you're buying your first park, if, if you're trying to hire management, it just, sometimes it doesn't work. I would suggest you would need to get at least 20 units or more to make property manager work just from a pure cash flow. Cause if, you know, the management's going to eat up all your fees and are they going to charge you a lot of fees and, and they don't typically try to save you money when it comes to repairs, right? You want to have a maintenance guy that you can pay or an hour, give them, you know, free rent or half month rent for free to fix stuff. And it's going to save you boatloads of money versus having a property manager because you have a little busted pipe. You call a plumber, they charge you 250, 350 bucks every time something goes wrong when you could have had a maintenance guy there that fixed it for 20 bucks, right? Right. You paid paid them 17, $18 an hour and the part was two bucks. Right. So that's kind of the, the, what you need to take, take into account. So, if you're just getting started off, you would definitely want, if you can manage it yourself to save a few bucks, great. If you don't have the time, then then I would suggest getting a park big enough to, to better hire management, which would be say 20 units or more. Gotcha. And so would you recommend somebody find a park in their home state first or, you know, does it matter? Do you think? Yeah, I think, I think you'd try everything in your backyard first because you, you need to be uh, the proximity to it. That's going to help you can control it better. Um, if you're not, especially when you first get started, once you scale and you understand the model, you understand the ins and outs, the problems that, that, that come with it, then you can buy something out of state. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and try to buy some out of state right away if you have no experience. And another thing that's going to be tough for most people is getting debt on it. Right. Um, a lot of banks don't want to finance it. We, we don't use agency money, the big institutional banks. They don't want to mess with the park owned uh, trailers. They want, they want to just do lot rent with city sewer, city water, paved roads, um, they look at it as a depreciating, you know, depreciating asset. Great. You know, that's just, it niche, it niches it down even more for me. I, I want it, I want something super niche. So what we do is we just, we develop relationships with the small community banks, the, uh, the, the banks that are local, that if you have a relationship with them and you show them the potential, uh, maybe tough getting your first one done, but once you get that first one done, you're golden and you can buy as many as you want. Love it. No, I, I'm glad you said that because actually we, we flip properties here in a very small town in Kentucky. So not too far from you, but we're down the road. And, uh, you know, we build that uh, relationship with a local community bank. And because we have so much trust with them, 
man, they will do anything for, for us right now. And it's just, it's amazing to see what can happen when you partner with your local banks and show them the potential that um, you have as a real estate investor. But no, man, I love that. And, you know, a lot of people have different stigmas. I, I'm glad you, you mentioned you actually buying the homes itself and running those out versus lot rent, because I feel like that's the biggest misconception is, and, and even for myself, like I've always thought that, hey, we just want lot rent. We just want lot rent. Um, but it makes it seem like you're making it seem like that, you know, hey, let's actually buy the homes too. Because if you know how to do it well, you can double your money and make even better returns. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, you know, you, you want to you have nicer, newer homes that, we, you know, your first park, you may have to buy an older, older. The first park I bought was a 24 unit. You know, most of the trailers in there were, you know, 80s model trailers, but the owner kept them up pretty well. And we didn't, you know, it took us about eight months to rehab the ones that he hadn't fixed up. And, um, that park makes, I mean, that, that I paid 405,000 for that park three and a half, four years ago. And, uh, it was only getting 7,800 at the time. Now that park, now it gets 13, eight, right. And I'm, and I probably put a hundred grand into it. So I'm into it for 505, getting 13,800. Where can you get an apartment that's getting $13,800 in income? for $500,000 after renovation. That park right now is worth probably about 950 million bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So I can, I can take on way less debt, get way more cash flow. Um, everything's cheaper. They stay there longer. Not that you're not going to have problems. Yeah, look, it is a lower end style tenant. Um, it's, you know, but we don't take on section eight. We don't do any of that. We want working class people that are just looking for a safe, affordable place to live. They're going to, they'll stay there for a long time. I, I've seen it. I mean, we've had these parks now for, you know, for almost going on four years now. And the turnover is not bad at all. Like they stay, they stay for the most part. So. Right. And so when you're looking to add value to these parks, cause you were mentioning it, you know, briefly earlier. So the only, how do you add value to a mobile home park? Like, I know you gave some examples, moving newer parks in, renovating old ones, but what other ways that you can add value to a mobile home park and, uh, you know, community? You, you can pave the roads. You can uh, try to get, you know, try to call the city and see if you can, if it's possible to tap in the city sewer, city water. You can, um, you know, renovate the inside of these trailers. I mean, literally you can, you can spend 10 grand and make a trailer look brand new on the inside. You can, and you're done, right? You can, you can put the, uh, we put the, the laminate, not, not the, the vinyl planks, the luxury vinyl planks, the plastic ones, we spend a little bit more money on them because they're like bulletproof. That once you put them in, we never have to change the floors again. We do that. We put a, a, a metal roof, a tin roof. We, uh, the whole inside, we, um, yeah, I mean, you just you, we like to put picnic tables, make it more family, family stack up picnic tables. Matter of fact, a, a really nice park we bought in Denham Springs that we're rehabbing right now. We're putting all brand new trailers for the most part, and we're putting picnic tables in between each one with some swings, just to make it really uh, nice. Put lighting you can put, you know, for a night, make it really nice. Listen, at the end of the day, commercial property is valued based off the cash flow, mm. right? So if I can increase the cash flow then the, the value of these parks are going to go up. And as more and more people come more and more aware of mobile home park investing, bigger money like Wall Street and hedge funds and bigger players are slowly like Blackstone. They're the biggest mobile home park. I'm sorry, Blackstone's the biggest hedge fund in, in the world. And they just announced about six months ago, they're, they're buying up $500 million worth of mobile home parks in America. 
If they don't tell you something, that's the writing on the wall. Big money's moving into mobile home parks. Warren Buff has been in mobile home parks, but he's been real quiet about it. So as you see these bigger players go into the market, they're going to buy at a lower cap rate, which is going to drive the price up. And these mom, these smaller mom and pop parks are going to become worth more and more and more as, as time goes by and people chase these, just like what happened. I mean, you 10 years ago, you better buy an apartment complex at a 10 cap, you know, I mean, sometimes a 12 cap, you, you can't do it no more. They don't exist. Because why? Wall Street's people, you know, people like Blackstone, Grant Cardone, Cardone Capital buying up everything in a four or five, six cap because they just need to place money because they got so much capital. What does that do? It drives the price up. That's the same thing's going to happen with mobile home park investing over time, especially with the economy like it is, you know, COVID-19, people losing their job, people, people always need a place to live. They just need to go from a, you know, a high-end apartment or luxury condo or a single family home. They're going to drop down to maybe a a nicer mobile home, right? For a thousand bucks a month or 1100, 1200 bucks. They're paying maybe, you know, 1500 to $2,000 for their high end apartment or, or single family home. They're just going to drop down. I love it's it, a, bu- a buffer zone. I want to be in something that's recession proof. And I do think that this business is recession proof. Yeah, man. Well, I've always thought the same thing, especially where I live, you know, smaller town, USA, you know, um, that is, and I don't want to say it in a, in a bad way. A lot of times people look at them in uh, lower, lower class housing. But, you know, like we said, you know, if something bad happens, who knows what's going to happen over the next couple of years, man? Like you and I both don't know what's going to happen, um, you know, within the next couple of years. But I, I feel the same way as you. This is going to be a great asset class to be in. So if people are watching right now, let's, let's jump on in. You have an event coming up. We're yep. actually going to be, you know, helping people learn the ropes of mobile home investing. So tell us a little bit about that, man. Yeah. So I put on masterminds, you know, at, at my beach house in Destin, Florida, and then I'm back, I'm at my house here in Louisiana. So this next mastermind, June 11th and 12th, we're, we're doing one in, in Lafayette at my office and at my house. We're going to do a two day boot camp where we're going to go over the whole business model in my house. Then we're going to go to the office that afternoon and talk with all the girls in the office, their whole process and, and procedures and their, their systems. Then the next day we're going to go and I rented a party bus. We're going to take all the, the students and we're going to drive to seven parks and go break down each park and talk about them, how I got them, you know, the, the, the before and afters, you know, what the cash flow is on them, how I got them, um, what we did as far as rehabs. And then we're going to have a good old time that night, you know, go to a nice Cajun, Cajun restaurant. Right. So. Yeah. Love it. So you said that is in June and where can people actually go if they want to learn more about this event and uh, how do they get signed up? If they're like, dude, I want to learn more about mobile home park investing. This is something that Chris has convinced me on. Where do I go? Yeah. You can inbox me or you can go to uh, chrisrude.com. Um, it's probably easier just to inbox me and look, and even if you can't come to the event, I do virtual coaching. We have group coaching. We have one-on-one. I have courses. Is if you can't make it out to the mobile event on these events, you know, two, three, four times a year. So it's no big deal if you can't make it out to the one in June. I offer, you know, one day workshops where you can come and just spend one day with me at the office, just me and you one on one. So there's a lot of different options, right? It's, I don't just do the masterminds, right? And maybe you're interested in the wholesaling and flipping. Maybe you're watching this, you're not, you never even, you know, you don't even have a rental property. I don't suggest you going from not knowing anything about real estate to doing mobile home park investing. I would learn how to wholesale first because wholesaling ties into mobile home park investing very tightly because if you know how to wholesale, then you can, you can source cheap units from your wholesaling business to put in your parks. And that's really been my magic formula. They're very symbiotic, right? 
Oh yeah, dude. I love that. And so many people, they, they forget that aspect of it because that's what we do in our, our business, you know, leads come in and we decide what we want to do with them. Right. And actually I was on your website a while back and I remember, you know, on there, you're like, you went from 80% wholesaling to 20% flipping, right. You know, and doing hotel deals, but now it's the opposite because yeah. you learned what to do with those leads when they came in. So, um, you know, finding off market deals at pennies on the dollar, like Chris is doing, um, that's going to be the start of it. That's going to be the start. So make sure you're following Chris and I'm guessing they can just find you on social media, right? At Chris Rude. Yeah. If they want to follow me on social media, maybe, Hey, look, maybe you're not ready to even do anything. You just want to follow me. I, I, I give away the farm. Like I show my whole life. I, you know, me and my wife are full-time real estate investors. We live a crazy life. I got five kids. Every, we eat, sleep and breathe real estate. Um, you can follow me at real estate Rude on Instagram. And then you can follow me at Chris Rude entrepreneur on my business page on Facebook and yeah. I mean, we do, we do, we give away so much free content. Like I said, you can learn how to do it just from my free content or go to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would recommend following him guys. And I love, you know, it's cool because whenever you follow Chris, not only are you learning about real estate, but you actually see the lifestyle behind it. And then plus he's posting funny content on there all the time. I love it, man. I just love following you and you get to actually hear his heart about, you know, why he loves real estate investing and what they're doing right now to make the most out of it. So go follow Chris. Um, on all social media platforms or go to chrisrude.com and make sure you join in and, uh, you know, message them about that mobile home park investing mastermind that he's hosting this June. If you have some deals in your belt and you're out there, you know, actually um, buying rentals currently, this may be something that you want to add to your tool belt. Cause like we say, we don't want you to be a one trick pony. We want you to know how to do everything so that you can be the best investor that you can be. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. I don't want to take all your time. I know you got things to do. You're busy, man. Um, but we really appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, having me. Anytime. Well, guys, if you like episodes like today and you like this podcast, don't forget, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, let us know how we did. And uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We do this every Tuesday on all podcast platforms. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen from, you can find the Real Estate Success Strategies podcast. So God bless you guys. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris.